This is Free Talk Live. And we are live like we are every night of the year. Because that's what we do. We come here and we want to expose people to ideas they don't always hear elsewhere. We want to expose Republicans to some ideas they may not agree with. We want to expose some Democrats to some ideas they may have never heard. And that's what we do. We talk about liberty. And in studio tonight, you've got me, Chris. you got me, Vincent. And Will. And we... You like to bring stuff in, too. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need a, call it a conversation starter, just for, for lack of a better term. Sure. What uh, what have you guys been up to? I saw Will brought in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I think the story about Eric Prince building Chinese re-education camps is pretty good. <laughs> well, that just has, it has everything. Yeah. It's got Eric Prince. It's got Chinese rehabilitation camps. Yeah. Those are things we like to talk about, right? I, I like to talk about them. <laughs> Vincent, you have anything uh, you'd like to? Oh, you'd abs- like to kick out there? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Apparently, according to some members of the Senate, uh, boycotting is not an American right, as they've passed a. The Senate, at least, has passed a bill that I'm not sure if, free to, if anyone's spoken about the it yet. But yes, uh, yeah, yeah but we might. They, uh, they passed, the Senate passed a bill which uh, allows state and municipal governments to punish those that boycott, divest from, or place sanctions on the state of Israel. Well, these, these all sound like very, very topical. You and already s- have laws like that in Texas. They were talking about um, if your house was destroyed in the last uh, the hurricane. hurricane, you couldn't get your house fixed. You couldn't get FEMA money for your house being destroyed unless you signed a contract that said you would not boycott Israeli goods. Yes. I mean, and what kind of sick and twisted person <laughs> thinks of that? We're like, oh, man, these kids are starving. They're homeless. Capitalism. <laughs> Except capitalism. it's not. Except it's not capitalism. Now, now, the will is making finger the quotes. Because we we so. we hear this a lot. We hear this is the problem with capitalism, but rarely do these examples have anything to do For, with capitalism. Yeah. America is supposedly a free market, a free market where if you boycott uh, goods, you can be punished by the federal and state governments. Yeah, and there's lots of examples like that. So I I, I feel like I haven't really lived up to to the promise here because all I brought in was a story about a lawsuit that deals with the length of an anal cleft. Wait, Which wait, I wait. thought was kind of interesting, but let's start off with Will. The what the what now? No, we'll get to that. It's <laughs> no rush. 855-450-FREE is the number to reach us. You can also reach us on Twitch. With Twitch, you'll sound almost like you're sitting in the studio with us. And you can find uh, our link to Twitch at twitch.lrn.fm. Will, tell us about this. What's going on? All right, well, this comes from the Middle East Monitor, and uh, basically... Uh, controversial U.S. mercenary group with ties to the United Arab Emirates has signed a deal with China to build a training center in, Jin, in, in Xinjiang where up to a million Uyghur Muslims are reportedly held in re-education camps. Hong Kong listed security firm Frontier Services Group, which is founded by Eric Prince, has signed a preliminary deal with Chinese authorities. A statement posted on its Chinese website confirmed the deal but was later deleted in what appears to be an attempt to avoid backlash against Prince's activities. 
Now, Prince made a name for himself. You may remember him as the founder of Blackwater or Z Services or one of the other dozen names that they've had to go under in the what, last. What are they now? Uh, I guess Frontier Services. Group. Okay, Frontier <laughs> Services. Okay, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it started off with um, Blackwater, right? Yeah. Yeah, Blackwater was a, a well-known military contractor that provided security services to uh, military personnel in Iraq. Yes. Um, they, as it turns out, they've done a lot more than providing security service. They they don't just protect diplomats and Anymore. things like yeah, that. No, yeah. they have, have effectively been one of America's mercenary groups. He was employed by the United Arab Emirates in the late 2000s to build a mercenary army for them. Uh, Blackwater was forced to relocate from the U.S. to Abu, Abu Dhabi after its controversial in Iraq where employees were held responsible for the civilian deaths in Baghdad that included a 2007 killing of 14 unarmed Iraqi civilians. And Disgraced by the actions of Blackwater, Prince later sold that company and set up FSG, but not before he was granted a $529 million contract by Mohammed bin Zayed, who needed, wanted him to build an elite mercenary army for the United Arab Emirates and to report to the crown prince personally. So can I just toss out my opinion on the idea of mercenaries? I hate the wars they get involved in, but I don't mind the idea of mercenaries. You know what I mean? It, the problem I, is, is when you have mercenaries, you end up with Eric Prince. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Well, or uh, when they have when a certain mercenary group has like a monopoly, right? You know, sure. It's not like there's a free market where we yeah. could have you know the uh, Shire free mercenary. Group. Oh, they were totally <laughs> subs. Their, their existence was totally subsidized by the American taxpayer to the sure. billions of dollars, which is not a free market solution. No, not even at uh, close. But the idea that if you if you decided you had to go to war. And you didn't want to use your own people, um, and they were okay with you hiring mercenaries. I'm not sure I'm having a real problem with that. Now, the way it's been used, I have huge problems with, and the wars that they've been used in, I have huge problems with. Yeah, pretty much contract killers. Sure, yeah, basically they're 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 like the they're, they're like a they're they're basically an arm of the military without the accountability. Right, they can't be court martialed. They can't be anything really right you can't prosecute them by law now so yeah and that's that's a problem most people didn't realize that prince was hooked up with the united arab emirates that was exposed following donald trump's election victory in 2016 Uh, an ex-navy seal officer is reported to have been a part of a clandestine meeting between the uae russia and a trump ally that was being investigated by the fbi The deal between FSG and Beijing would see training camps being run in northwestern China, uh, the region of Xinjiang, where up to a million Uyghurs are reportedly held in indoctrination and re-education camps that have drawn condemnation from Washington and abroad. A spokesman said Prince, a minority shareholder and Jeopardy chairman, said that he was unaware of the deal, which was preliminary and would need to be signed off on by all members before a final approval. So, so. so well, they announced that they had made the deal on the website. Right. They're like, oh, we've decided <laughs> we're going to build these re-education camps for China and we're going to make big, big money. And then Stockholders are going to love it. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, wait, no, shh. That maybe we shouldn't be sharing that. Hold on, no, 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 no. We're totally, totally not 
uh, yeah, the sh- we wouldn't do that. <laughs> Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you can also hit us on Discord at discord.lrn.fm. So this is a crazy situation. It's not unusual for what happens in wartime. It's not uh, uncommon when you have a a dozen, a half dozen, a ten dozen generals uh, you've, you've got camps being built by a company that's subsidized by the United States federal government. It's right. And there's scary. not even a war going on in China either. Well, no. no, but it's it's a company who's well known from from its warfare. And evidently, they just decided to well, let's do a press release. We have some old army and naval <laughs> engineers that work for us. We'll go build some reeducation camps for the Chinese. Why not? Unreal. Well, we're going to uh, get to the phones because we like to get to the phones. This is Kevin from Washington, D.C., and he wants to talk, I guess, a little bit about Milton Friedman. Uh, Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, kind of expose Milton Friedman, especially since he's given the um, the label as Mr. Libertarian. Um, if, you, if you read some of Milton's work, and I'll give you an example of why he isn't Mr. Libertarian, he actually... He was against the, the draft. Hey, uh, first, hold on the line, Kevin. We're going to bring you back, okay? And we're going to talk All a little right. bit more about Milton Freeman. And uh, your call's coming up, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and we're coming to you live tonight. Happy Wednesday, guys. It's the Wednesday show, and we're taking calls, talking about stuff, and seeing what is on your mind. You can reach us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And one of the people... um, who is interested in talking to us tonight has been Kevin. He's calling us from DC. Kevin, you still there? Uh, yeah. Still here. Go ahead. So you wanted to talk about Milton Friedman. Yeah. So I actually just wanted to expose him because you know, I'm not sure how many of your, of your listeners, um, you know, got into the movement because of Milton Friedman or, or in, inspired by him. But, you know he's really a a um, a Keynesian, and he is a person that makes the state uh, more efficient. And a good example of that is his uh, argument for a voluntary uh, army. Now, at first, it sounds great because he's against the draft, but you see, he wants to uh, uh, still have an army, but make sure that army is is voluntarily so people will you know, volunteer to go and join an army, and thus the army would be more efficient because people who actually want to be in the army are there, not, you know, not have the draft where you have random kids in there. So he's, he's still pro-war, per se. And and the, another example, which is very ironic, um, coming from Milton Freeman, he actually had a TV show and a book called uh, Free to Choose. And he was actually, in, in regard to gold, um, he, he, you know, he called gold a ancient relic. Oh yeah, um, and and he, he he called people who who looked up to gold uh, gold bucks. 
Yeah. The irony is that um, when people were left free, they've always chosen gold. Yeah, gold and, gold and, has and, a, a, a centuries-long history as being used as money, and and exactly. Milton Friedman, millennia. <laughs> yeah, millennia. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons. Milton's kind of an easy guy to pick on from a libertarian point of view. I mean, so you were talking about uh, a couple things he said. Was this before or after he came up with the idea for payroll with uh, deductions for your for your income tax? You know that was that was a Milton Friedman idea back when he worked for the U.S. government. It was like, well, you know, the problem is people have to remember to put money into the system. So let's just take it out automatically. That was Milton Friedman. Uh, Milton Friedman's known as kind of the I don't know if he'd be the he's definitely not the father, but he's definitely a, 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 a plays an important role in the Chicago School of Economics, which really is uh, Keynesian light. They're very much uh, monetarist. So he likes he he likes a free market, but he likes government to be in control of the money. So he likes the idea of a strong and powerful Fed. Um, so to me, Milton Friedman, I think, has said some really great things on libertarian ideals, and he's horrible at executing them. He's a good uh, a good philosopher and a horrible um, economist. I don't know. But, you look like you have something to say there. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say I, I think the important part is because uh, in, in these circles I've noticed people, they try and like have someone on a pedestal that's someone that they agree with absolutely everything they say. And you know, obviously no one's like that. I'm sure even with like Rothbard or you know, even with Ron Paul, there's things that they're, uh, they're wrong about. So I think it's important just to take the, take the good stuff and you know, put that on a pedestal and the bad stuff and say, well, you know, not everyone's right about everything. Yeah, and I've got to say I've never really met a, uh, a hardcore Chicago school libertarian, but I'm sure they're out there. Go ahead, Kevin. Any final thoughts? Yeah, if I could just add one more thing uh, about antitrust. Sure. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have read um, Atlas Shrugged or, or or seen the movie, but there's this character, um, uh, Hank, uh, Hank Reardon, who, who owns a uh, steel company, and he actually owns uh, the means of production, uh, so, you know, mining and, and everything like that. And, uh, you know, according to, to Friedman and his fancy mathematical function uh he says that you know when you have monopolies well you know that's the problem and 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 of course um there's this old essay um that alan greenspan wrote before he became a central planner uh, about antitrust and he said that if a monopoly is formed by the means of the market that is by consumers actually buying the products and, and appreciating the low prices then there's nothing to worry about but yeah when you have you know, a government monopoly like the post office and, and whatnot, then, then, you know, there's the problem. So that's, that's another weakness of, of Milton Friedman. And I think that's why a lot of, especially here in, in D.C., the, the Beltway libertarians, they're very skeptical about having monopolies and, and, and they favor, uh, from what I've seen, they favor um, uh, regulations that, that, you know, want to break up monopolies in the name of competition. Right. And uh, we know how well that works. Uh, hey, Kevin, thank you for the call. Um, one book I wanted to plug real quickly is Antitrust, anti- The Case for Repeal. Uh, and that was written by Dominic Armand. Uh, what's his last name? Armentano. Um, so I met this guy at the Mises Institute several years back. Really sharp guy. And uh, if you ever want to have a great debate with somebody about whether antitrust is a good thing or a bad guy, he's a great guy to talk to. So, well. 
tell us more. We were talking in the last hour about some U.S. mercenaries or U.S.-funded mercenaries. Yeah. Building concentration camps in China. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But was it concentration camp? Well, they're re-education camps. That's what's going on. So, so I think we have to use the right terms. Yeah, they're so, re-education well, camps. Gotcha. Um, That's a fair word, but okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Let's, We'll do that for now. Basically, you've got what they call the Uyghur population. And um, so, like, uh, about two months ago, they sentenced a local bus- businessman to death for an unlicensed pilgrimage. He went to Mecca for Hajj and didn't get the government's permission slip and has been sentenced to death. They're going to execute him. Wow. For going on pilgrimage. Um, they've been, there's over a million so far that they've gone and they've rounded up. Um, if you, uh, there was a festival this last this last weekend and they were, Part of the festival was forcing Uyghur Muslims to eat pork and imbibe alcohol. Tell me again what that word is. Uyghur? Uyghur, is that a, a, a sect an eth- or? Ethnic group. Okay, okay. Yeah. They're just a, it's an ethnic tribal group. They're like, um, basically they were an independent, like, sub-nation, so to speak. Okay. And then when the communists took over, they did the same thing to their area that they did to Tibet. They just, you know... We declare that this is a part of our territory, and therefore, you're Chinese now, <laughs> basically. There you go. Um, they listed uh, being Muslim as uh, as an illness. Okay. As a, it's a communicable disease. This, and, this sounds like something our own politicians would come up with. Right. And uh, basically, if, um, if you fasted, if you, if, if you were caught fasting during Ramadan, then... You were put in these education camps. They were going around and checking houses to see if people were eating after sundown. Wow. In houses. And people who were eating after sundown in houses were then rounded up and taken to jail. See, uh, we should do a segment called Ask a Muslim. And I know this segment has been done before, but it's kind of fun to have Will in here because he he knows these things. And he educates us. 855-450-FREE. Let's hear from you. Or hit us up on Discord. discord Discord.lrn.fm. This Bitcoin.com wants you to know about SaveItPurse.com. Since launching in 2014, over 200,000 users have saved an average of 15% for a combined $4 million using Bitcoin, or BTC. And now, you can use Bitcoin Cash, BCH, to fund your account. You can save between 5 to 33% on things you're going to buy anyway when you shop using SaveItPurse.com. Add items to your cart, fund your account, select your discount, and save. SaveItPurse.com. Save A-T-Purse.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we are live yet again. 855-450-FREE, that's 855-450-3733, or call us with Discord. Discord is a really cool kind of online service you can call into. You can, uh, if you've got a mic and you've got a PC and you've got a decent internet connection, you're going to hear... Uh, we're going to hear you just like you're sitting in the studio with us. Don't and call we have, on the number that's above my head if you're in the Twitch chat, because that's the call to freedoms. Whoops. <laughs> well, don't do that. Banner that you've got going on there. By the way, I am the host of Call to Freedom. Listening to us, LRN's 
call-in drive-home show on your drive home from work nice. 4 to 7 p.m. every day here on LRN.FM. This is usually the only time I see you, Will, is yeah. when I'm coming in at 7 and you're ending your show at 7. Yep. That's what happens. Um, but young Vincent, I'm gonna. I, is it okay if I refer to you as young Vincent? Well, he's, I'm not going to be able to say that for too much longer, so sure, yeah. He's younger than all of us, and his name is Vincent, so I'm going to say yes. And I am older I than have, everyone on this show. How old are you? Well, 20, and I feel old. Since I, have, I turned 20, I'm starting to feel old now. I have a kid. Oh, my God. I have a kid that's a year younger than he is. <laughs> <laughs> Take your age, double it, add some more, and you're getting close to my age. So Right. Yeah. You got, no, you've got a kid, right, that's older than mine? Oh, I don't know. I think mine's uh, 20-some. Yeah, mine's 20. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Oh, well. Well, 19. But, um, Vincent, you brought in a story about some Senate action. And this has to do with our foreign policy, it seems. This is a New York Times article. Absolutely. But uh, before, I just want to give a little bit of backstory here. I have the, just just to give people an understanding, APAC is the uh, Israeli lobbying group. And here I just have it. So Marco Rubio is a big player in this. And so Marco Rubio, according to the foreignpolicyjournal.com, Got to find Marco Rubio received in the first 2016 election run. He received one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars from APAC okay. in terms of uh, contributions. So keep, keep that in mind, right? Keep that in mind for why he might be uh, supporting some some strange things. So if it's from New York Times. It was published today, and it's cut. It's titled uh, "Senate Passes Bill That Rebukes Trump and Opposes Israel Boycott," and this is by. Katie Edmondson. So uh, the Senate overwhelmingly approved a Middle East policy bill on Tuesday that included both a rebuke to President Trump over his withdrawal of troops from Syria and Afghanistan and a contested measure to allow state and municipal governments to punish companies that boycott, divest from, or place sanctions on Israel. The measure... the uh, measure, which passed 77 to 23, started as a as the kind of routine policy bill that passes the Senate with little to no opposition. It reauthorizes at least $3.3 billion in military financing to Israel and extends security aid to Jordan, imposes new sanctions on individuals who provide support to the Syrian government, and directs Treasury Department to determine whether the Central Bank of Syria is engaged in money laundering. We're borrowing a trillion dollars a year from China, but we got $3.3 billion dollars to send to israel every damn year yeah oh, more than 3.3 billion yeah uh, uh, so this is interesting so basically the playbook uh there's there's undoubtedly a washington playbook and there's a republican and democrat playbook when it comes to foreign policy this is one of the things that democrats and republicans seem to get along with oh they love each other they do they they both love it now there was a day when the democratic party was known as the party of peace they were the anti-war party, but that all died out, and now you have people like they've Hillary all, Clinton being arguably one of the biggest war hawks on, on the planet. always been the pro-Israel party. Oh, it, it, Always. Ten minutes after the state of Israel was formed, Truman acknowledged them. Right. You know, we were like the first. So, 
And Truman was a Democrat. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's always been a bipartisan issue. Is it's it's simple. Evangelical Christian well Christians in general now, they sure. believe that if Israel if we don't just kiss Israel's butt nonstop, Jesus won't come back. Well, those well, are called Christian Zionists. I think yes. just to make a uh, make a. But a, the problem is, is that Christian Zionism has become so pervasive in Western Christianity that th- I would say fewer than ten percent of American churches preach a Christianity that d- is not dripping with Zionism. Well, at least half the Bible that I was raised with, half of it was the New Testament, and half of it was the Old Testament. Yeah. So you sort of have that. Um, I'm not sure we're going to change anybody's minds on that. Um, what what Will and a lot of people try to do is to bring a little bit of reality to the situation. And when we look at this this foreign policy, which is ongoing war uh, in the Middle East, there has never been a serious attempt to fix it. Presidents love to talk about it, and they talk and love to talk about their Middle East peace plan and things like that. But nothing ever really changes. What I thought was interesting in the first article, uh, first paragraph of this article was, you know, what can we do about Afghanistan and Syria and Trump pulling out? Well, we'll, we'll rebuke him. <laughs> right. They can't really do it. But when it comes to funding and passing laws that are going to favor one side or the other, then they can actually take some action. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I just want to say, you know, Will, you said they they hope that by by supporting Israel, it brings Jesus back. But um, you know, I, I've been doing doing some research into this. You know, I consider myself Bible believing Christian, and what it really, I mean, what it really does is it's I think it's Matthew twenty four fifteen, right? What it it's not by supporting Israel and having the rebuilding of a temple, which is you know currently occupied by a dome of rock. It's not going to bring Jesus back because there's very specific things that have to happen. I've you know Book of Revelation is one of my favorite. Yeah. What it really is going to do is going to bring the Antichrist in, which, uh, you know, a one world government, yeah, one I world know, currency. I don't know why e- these these evangelical Zionists never well, mention that part when they're like, we love Israel and we love the Jews and we love the people of Israel and we support their right to exist. And and God said those who love and bless Israel and blah, uh, yeah, be- but you, 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 you Israelis, you do realize they're doing this because they think you're going to be forcefully converted or murdered. Well, I, I say, yeah, I mean, uh, seriously, that's their, we love the people of Israel. Yes, you love them so much that in your storyline, the way this is going to go right, <laughs> is right. a bloodbath. Oh, and, and, that's, and, you, and that's not unique to world religions. There are a number of religions no. that speak of conversion or death. And and that perm, permeates a lot of stories, and a lot of religions carry these same these same basic stories. And all right, tell us more. Well, yeah, well, I, uh, another tangent. But you asked why it's because there's something called the Schofield Bible, and yeah. in it there is which you, and it was written by a a pastor, a very a quote pastor, a very dubious religious intent, and it said when God, I think in the footnotes, I've obviously I've never read it, so not worth my time, but when God was you know talking to Abraham that his his descendants will create a nation of Israel, it said that those who bless Israel will also be blessed by God, which for uh-huh. anyone who actually has an understanding of you know the New Testament, that's obviously you know, that's obviously not true. So I'd say it's well, yeah. mainly out of ignorance that well, they support it. It's it's New Testament. 
New Covenant versus Old Covenant. And the problem is, is these are supposed to be Christians. And if you're Christians, then you believe that there is a New Covenant and the Old Covenant has passed away because that's what the Bible says. Well, absolutely, yeah. Instead but, of having the sacrifice, you have the sacrifice of Jesus, you know, washed in blood via blood of a lamb. But they just want to completely ignore that part and go, no, 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 no. Israel's going to be restored. Okay, yeah, we understand that. And this is going to end this, and we have to just let them do whatever they want until we can get to that. Well, what I'd like to see is us quit squabbling over patches of ground and quit giving money to both sides, and that's what we continue to do. Well, no, we, we've cut all aid to one side. Oh, until somebody else comes in and that we want to back. bribe yeah. and, and take that back, and that's the problem. Yeah. We talk about money and politics, and that's a bad thing. That that skews who, what, what new set of thieves you get in Washington, um, but it's even worse when they try to play the same game on a geopolitical field, and something, it has much bigger ramifications. Something I find interesting is that when they were able to have some semblance of successful peat stocks between Rabin and Arafat, it it wasn't a crazy Palestinian Hamas PLO that murdered the Jewish uh, leader. It was a nutbag Zionist who was not satisfied with peace moving forward. Was he acting alone? A lone nut? Who knows? Could have been Mossad. Well, the whole state of Israel was founded on terrorism. <laughs> exactly. First British terrorism and then Israeli terrorism. This is Free Talk Live, and we're here tonight with you, hopefully exposing you to some ideas you may not have heard of before. We're going to expose you to the ideas of liberty, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear your questions. We want to hear your thoughts on the news of the day. We want your thoughts on Washington. We want to know what's going on in your hometown. It doesn't matter. This is radio you control. If you don't like what we're talking about, give us a call and change us, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Or call us using the Twitch app. Excuse me, the Discord app. Why do I want to keep saying that? There's just too many apps. This this whole yes. world has just gone app-centric. But I like Discord, discord.lrn.fm. When you call in, you're going to sound like you're right here. But somebody who is not using Discord, he is using one of our call-in lines, is Penguin out of Virginia. Penguin, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hey, it's Mortified Penguin calling from Virginia. Um, yeah, I can't uh, call so. in Discord right now. But uh, anyways, I'd call you over the old-fashioned way. Um, so I wanted to talk about—well, thanks to my brother. How you doing? Yeah, excellent host combo, by the way. Keep today. <laughs> we try to keep excellent we're host combo. Mixing it up. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, so I was um, calling uh, to talk about uh, conservatives and, and the wall, the Trump's wall and the southern border. Okay. And to me, the whole thing, well, I don't know if, if, if you um, hop into the Discord, you'll notice my nickname is the wall equals communism. And I do see it as basically communism. And I see conservatives as, and this is, I mean, you know, I'd be in a little hold bit. On, uh, hold, hold, hold on. You can't say the wall is communist. It's not like, can. it's not like there was ever a wall between communism and, and, oh, oh yeah, it, yeah, it totally never mind. Was, yeah. yeah, they kind of had a famous wall, didn't they? I used to have a piece of it. Did you? Yeah, when I was in, oh, yeah, I've seen that. when I was when in I was fifth was... grade, 
one of the girls that was in our class was living with her grandmother because her mom and dad were in Germany and they were there when the wall was torn down and they brought a bag full of chips on the wall and handed them out to us like on the day that like we left for Christmas break. Yeah, that's and, very like, a cool. A little chip with like some blue spray paint on it. I remember watching the news. Uh, it was several days. It wasn't people act like, you know, one day, you know, on, on April 4th, the, the wall fell down. Grade, it know? was a slow buildup. And a lot of it, we were just wondering if it would really happen. Would this really, really happen? And it did. But go ahead, Penguin. Yeah, I don't remember that. My first memory was actually the Gulf War. Um, Operation Desert Storm, but um, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you know, the idea that, um, yeah, this country is, I mean, let's take let's take out the, our modern concept of states and the Westphalian system. We, I get that nation states exist and have borders, but if you really look at it, you can easily really? um, say this this co- this collective this um collective property argument that this country is our collective property property. So we have a right as citizens to erect a. Uh, a wall around it to keep other people well i just think that that's uh, patently ridiculous and it definitely has the parallels with communism socialist really, nonsense um, conservatism, conservatism seems seems pretty darn communist to me you know the, you got you have the um you have the uh you know the re- concept of the real americans sounds strikingly like the I- ideal workers the proletariat well, what um, if I, and you know yeah my rule i have a rule of thumb okay if you need to get a right winger to support communism what you do is you invoke a prejudice that they have. So, like, um, national IDs. Conservatives jumped right on the bandwagon for that because you have to save us from the scary Muslims, right? So there's one plank of communism. And um, Mexicans and everybody then, uh, else who yeah. doesn't look like us. Then a national worker registry. Well, that's E-Verify. That's a national sure. worker registry is what that is. And that's got to save our jobs from the scary, scary Mexicans. Same thing with a wall. Right. Where you, if you want a Republican to come out in favor of communism, just invoke some kind of a cultural or racial prejudice that they have. And boy, they'll be right there on it. But this is why we're being played. And this is how yeah. how blatantly we're being played. And and conservatives and, you know, lifelong Republicans. Do you ever stop and think about some of this? Do you ever does it ever cross your mind that Hold on. For a lot of reasons, a lot of these things that they're pushing, they just don't sound like... The commies said they would do it. The oh, commies yeah. in the it's 50s the... and the 60s said, we will convince you to do it to yourselves. And they did. Mortified, go ahead. Yeah. And they and, and they, they seem awfully uh, bent on essentially planning our, our freedom if, if they do believe that this is a, a free country. And just the whole idea that there's so I, I find there's a lot of parallels between the Marxism and the, um, the Marxism and the conservatism. Another one actually is, um, you know, there was there is the uh, Christian conservative element, but there's also this this new what I see is this new uh, kind of moral moralism, this Puritanism, this divorce from uh, religious practice, and this this new social conservatism. It's just straight out of the Marxist playbook. They're very um, they have that same element and. 
in their uh, kind of authoritarian ideology. So I yeah. just go down the list. I'm always thinking of more more um, parallels between this new conservatism and communism. And it's funny because they seem to say they hate communism so much. Absolutely. Well, I, and and thank you for the call, uh, Mortified Penguin. Yes. Um, uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just just add that uh, the like the apparent like you know the apparent hatred of communism. My understanding is when Leon Trotsky got booted out of uh, you know the Soviet Union, a lot of a Trotsky I'd say came over to the U.S. and that's where the what we know sure. today is neoconservatism came up, and that's why you have people like Bill Crystal and I forget it was the National Review, Buckley, or, and yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, Buckley, and so they it's like a call, controlled opposition, right? They make it look like they're against communism when really they're just in favor of their own brand of communism. Yeah, and I got to ask, uh, I know we've got some con- probably a good conservative uh, truck driver, you know, driving home, listening to the show tonight, probably has some strong feelings about us insinuating. The conservatives in Washington are absolutely acting like socialists, like communists. How does they this are. sit with your worldview? This this should bother you. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. America will never be socialist, except I'm for go out here and use eminent domain to take people's private property to use the government to build a wall on an imaginary line created by government. So I have a nice place to retire <laughs> with my social security, my Medicare, my Medicaid. I want, I want all, all the people I don't like to stay yeah. away while I enjoy my federally provided retirement. And De- it's and it's nuts. Don't forget my federally provided protection and my state provided protection as well. Oh yeah. And and again as we as we look at these things. But I hate socialism. <laughs> right. I hate socialism, <laughs> but I love all the programs, the socialist programs that my politicians, my favorite politicians, the politicians that wear the right color shirt because yeah. we got team red and team blue. Um how does that sit with you at home? I mean really? How can you how can you sit back and and listen to Trump say this will not be a socialist country when everywhere you look you see socialist programs. Well, in He's, that same speech, he said, "What was it? Uh, pre-existing conditions are going to be covered." He said yeah. that women are going to get uh, what, um, uh, uh, maternal leave, paid, paid, paid family leave. Paid family okay, leave. so let's break break down these. We just threw a couple out there, and for people listening for the first time, they probably That's don't understand what's socialist about about uh, family leave. They take money from you and give it to someone else. Right. That's socialism. Okay, good. I Let's mean, if they really... Well, pick another I'll, one. I'll, I'll just give an alternative, you know, since we're just complaining. Yeah, I mean, if they really cared about, uh, if they really cared about, you know, women being able to take care of, her, or just families in general being able to take care of their kids, they would, one, lower taxes for, uh, you know, for, for lower and middle, or just lower taxes in general, and also quit... Uh, inflating the currency through the Federal Reserve, right? It used yeah. to be a family was a, you know, you used to be able to take care of a family of like two to however many kids on just one income. Yeah. And then, you know, because of many reasons too, right? Like, you know, a lot of women go into the workforce and everything. More you weren't around then, but it was three plus kids. Three plus kids. Every, every family was kind yeah. of three plus kids. And then they devalued, the, well, many things happened, but they did, part of it was they devalued the currency so much through the Federal Huge. Reserve that now both parents have to work. Yes. And then we, and it's it's like a, a a positive feedback loop. Both the parents are working, oh, no, no, then, no, they no, send no. Kid, then they send the kids to government schools. It gets indoctrinated. It's uh, yeah, it's a perfect takeover. Plan. That was women's liberation that did that. And women were tired of staying home, and they wanted to get out into the workforce. Because well, working is so much more fun than taking <laughs> care of kids. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. Um, if you want to take part, you want to call us on the carpet. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us what we have wrong about this, as we call. People in Washington, including Donald Trump, 
a socialist. Well, I, and, and one thing I'll add, I'm glad you added earlier the caveat that conservatives in Washington, because like the truck driver you mentioned, the proverbial truck driver, sure. and most people call themselves conservatives. I mean, I doubt they'd be behind, you know, they'd be behind any of this. And if I mean, if you would sit them down and explain the whole picture as to why it's, you know, these so-called conservatives are pushing communism, they'd understand and be nah. for freedom. But we have this left-right paradigm that, you know, gives people only a partial, a partial view of what uh, what's going on absolutely and that's what we're here to do we're here to throw it in your face and we're here to talk about it and explain it and some of these things we're going to change your mind on some of these things we aren't but in the end we want you to call 855-450-FREE this is free talk live And not to mention the shedding, I would vacuum the carpet three times a week. Frodo was scratching all night long, bouncing on the side of the bed, keeping me awake the whole entire night from all the scratching and chewing. It kind of makes you neurotic. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Mounds and mounds of fur all over the place. Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Dynavite is nutrition. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. He gobbles it up. He's not up all night scratching. His shedding is minimal, and it is such a pleasure to have my calm, relaxed, non-shedding puppy back. And I have to thank Dynovite for that. Don't let your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy. Come to Dynovite for help. 859-428-1000. 859 D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and we're coming to you live like we do every night, 365 days a year. We've been in here on Christmas. We've been in here on New Year's. We've been on on Thanksgiving, we've we've left the families at home sometimes because we have a damn radio show to do, and we're going to do it because what's very important to us is spreading the ideas of liberty, and we want you to take part in that. This is radio you can control. If you don't like what we're talking about, change the subject, and we'll talk about that. 855-450-FREE or 855-450-3733, or hit us up on Discord at discord.lrn.fm. You can listen to us on your local radio station. If you can't hear us where you're at, if you're watching us on the inter- or listening to us on the Internet or via Discord or Twitch or one of those, uh, talk to your local program, ma- uh, program manager and see if, you can get us on your station. We're almost up to 200 affiliates coast to coast. We've got affiliates from Alaska to D.C., from Guam, and and via satellite to places like Zimbabwe. Uh, We put it out there, and we want the ideas of liberty to be heard. And before I go on, I did want to tell you a little bit about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything Bitcoin-related, Bitcoin.com can help you choose a Bitcoin wallet, buy Bitcoin, and show you where you can spend your Bitcoin. You can also read the latest news or engage with the community on the Bitcoin.com forums. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. So, young Vincent, 
again, we're going to refer to Vincent tonight only, as far as I know, as young Vincent, because he will soon be 21. Not the He'll young. He'll still be young, Vincent. He will, I know that. I got kids almost as old as him. <laughs> That's one thing about ages is you're never going to catch up with me. You know, I, I'm always going to yeah, have you by always like always going to be a youngin. Thirty four, thirty five years on you, so so that's just how it works. Um, but you've been you've been bringing us a story from the this was the New York Times, yes, yeah, New York Times, uh, titled "Senate Passes Bill That Rebukes Trump and Opposes Israeli Boycott." Uh, so why don't you? Bring us up to date on what we've we've only gone into this thing a couple paragraphs. Basically, the Senate overwhelmingly approving seventy-seven the Middle East, to twenty-three. Yeah, that's pretty much overwhelming. A Middle East policy on Tuesday uh, that included a rebuke to President Trump over his withdrawal of troops from Syria and Afghanistan, and a contested measure to allow state and municipal governments to punish companies that boycott, divest from, or place sanctions on Israel. That's Kind of brings us back to speed. Where are we at now? So they have a quote from Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, the majority leader. Uh, this, this represents the broad consensus of his body about our nation's responsibilities as an ally and a partner, Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, the majority leader, said on Tuesday. But the late inclusions of the anti-boycott, divest, and sanction, or anti-BDS provision, and an amendment by Mr. McConnell reproaching the president for a, quote, precipitous withdrawal of troops from Syria and Afghanistan raised some concerns in both parties. The measure opposing the Israel boycott, drafted by Senators Marco Rubio, Republican of Florida, and Joe Manchin III, III, Democrat of West Virginia, appeared to be calculated in part to drive a wedge between Israel supporters in the upper echelon of a Democrat party and a younger activist wing more willing to challenge the unconditional American support of a Jewish state. Senate Democrats mulling presidential runs recoiled at the McConnell Amendment, making a rare alliance with Mr. Trump as they declared it was time for American troops to come home from Afghanistan, the longest war in the nation's history. Oh, my God. So um, the AP thought it was a headline that Trump said 19 years instead of 18 years that we've been in Afghanistan. Oh, Whoa, that, that was his, That was the big problem with the statement. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, they were like, we fact checked the State of the Union address, and it was the headline. You know, <laughs> like Trump misstates. Trump, how, how Trump long? exaggerates. Exaggerate one year. Trump exaggerates length of Af, of of U.S. Afghan involvement. It's like, bro. 19 years, it's been 18 years. Okay. It's well within the margin of error. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. The long and the short of it is, is we've been over there uh, fighting long. a war on terror, I guess. We, we've been there so long that I have children. I have seven of my eight children have never known a world where we were not bombing Afghanistan. Can you imagine that? And I don't know how many people ever really think of it in those yeah. terms, that there is a whole generation I coming out. a 17-year-old. She's a senior in high school, and she has never known a world where we were not bombing Afghanistan. Right. And more to the point is, do you want a world where your children are raised, God help us, maybe from cradle to grave, with your country never having a period of peace? And you, you get that coming from a veteran. I mean, I, I was I was in the military. Um, wars are not good things. We should not seek these things out. And we found one in 2001 that it, it just 
keeps keeps on giving and some- giving and giving. And remember, remember what Eisenhower said. You know, beware the military-industrial complex. He got snowed by them while he was while he was in office. That's why. Yeah, is he was warning the people on his way out. Like, look, these people duped me. Yeah, and this is what they're going to do to the American public if you aren't careful. And the American public was like, look at the squirrel. <laughs> well, a lot of people, it was the it's 50s. Uh, things were rather idyllic. You know, we, yeah. heck, we had Ike. Well, they had and, the uh, United Nations, right? Yeah. War is illegal. Yeah, absolutely. Everything was going to, it was going to be a better world. And uh, you've War got a bunch of people, that. you've got a bunch of people in power with a lot of money sitting there going, yeah, but that just doesn't really sound very profitable. And we might need to we might need to tweak U.S. foreign policy just a little bit. That's another reason I'm convinced that part of the American government is so supportive of Israel is because it creates a permanent welfare warfare state. You create so like when you you saw ever everyone that's seen economic hitman, you know where they go in and they you know they create problems and then they give them aid. And then the aid creates a permanent welfare state because the aid creates debt, which creates, oh, well, we're just going to take your resources, and now you're a permanent – now our taxpayers in our country will send you aid every year, and you're just a permanent welfare state. Israel is a permanent welfare state as well, even though they've got like the sixth largest economy in the world. And they're like the third largest weapons manufacturers in the world. We still send them – billions of dollars a year in what they call surplus weapons right and we send them billions of dollars a year that connected to the money is we have to spend at least this much of this money on weapons from companies in the u.s right so it's it's just it's corporate welfare and as long as the israeli-palestinian conflict exists right it is a permanent source of corporate welfare. It doesn't matter if America is at peace. We will always, always have this permanent little spot where Lockheed and Boeing can make a few dollars and not well, go out of business. Right, but you've got to look at the Pentagon budget. You gotta look at but you can't look at the Pentagon budget. You can't see you cannot see where the money goes because exactly. this is all hidden. This is things that we can't talk about. We can't we for the first time they allowed us you to couldn't. audit the Pentagon you couldn't that went well. Twenty one trillion dollars they couldn't find. They couldn't figure out where it went. Twenty one trillion dollars. Well, I mean, they pay twenty one thousand dollars for a friggin' toilet seat. I know. I mean I'll share one story. I was in the military, I worked in communications, and we had one very expensive piece of equipment. It was rack based, rack mounted, and I can't tell you what it did, but it was pretty freaking cool for this time. This is the early eighties. And if I if I, we needed to order another one of those, it was almost two million dollars for this one rack of equipment. Mm-hmm. So we had some planned expansions, and we were going to put in another cabinet. We weren't going to populate it yet; it was just going to be an empty rack. And we checked into the price to see how much that would be. It would be about, about almost two billion, two million dollars. So whether the cabinet came full of very expensive equipment or it came empty rack, meaning made out of nothing but sheets of metal, it was the same price, and the U.S. government was happy to pay for it. 855 450 free It's not their money. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Free Talk Live. Yeah! 
This is Free Talk Live, and we're coming to you live tonight like we come to you live every night, 855-450-FREE, and that is free as in freedom. I don't have anything that goes with liberty, but that's really what we want to talk about. We want to talk about how we get back to a society where we have liberty in our lives, and it's certainly not through the path we are taking with our government right now. But one thing that does help with liberty is financial liberty and doing business the way you want to do business, and that can be done with any pay. Do you operate a retail business or are looking for a solution for point-of-sale cryptocurrency acceptance? It has never been easier thanks to AnyPay.Global. There's no paperwork approval process to open an account If you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. Just sign up at anypay.global, drop your personal crypto wallet addresses in our setup page, and then load our app, and that's it. You're accepting cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Dash at your store. Get started now with anypay.global. And we are going to quickly go to the phones where we have Tom from New Hampshire who wants to talk about the war on drugs. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. First of all, you say that we have been uh, fighting a war or bombing Afghanistan. I have not been bombing Afghanistan. I understand you're a veteran, but if you haven't been bombing Afghanistan, it's better to speak of it as they are bombing Afghanistan and not we. Well, you're funding now, it. I, I, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> well, some of my money has gone to it. it. Oh, it's involuntary. Not, I mean, like yeah. if we... not, not through my, my choice. But I understand your point of view, Tom. I certainly do. So go ahead with your uh, question. It's about the war on drugs. Uh, okay, a lot of people keep voting against libertarian candidates, and a lot of uh, they keep voting against the candidates who want to legalize drugs. A lot of politicians want to be tough on drugs in order to win elections. And on Monday, because of them, a state trooper down in Virginia chose to get himself gunned down in a drug raid. And uh, the blood of that cop, of course, uh, he was free to turn in his badge instead and go get a job and work for all of them. So it is his own fault that, you know, he there he was uh, breaking and entering into a home in Cumberland County, Virginia, when he could have been out uh, looking for a real job and working for all of them. Was but he serving a warrant? Yeah. But, okay. Uh, for against but, somebody who... Are you talking about the no-knock raid where all those people were killed? That wasn't in Virginia, uh, but oh, okay, that was Texas. Yes, that, that was uh, that was Texas, and that was not uh, this week. That was last week's drug yeah. raid, where uh, two innocent people were brutally murdered. And this one, one innocent person was brutally murdered, and one of the intruders was uh, shot and killed. And uh, the the thing is, if you vote for candidates who don't want to legalize drugs. You're not pulling the trigger, but you're pulling the lever. You did not defend liberty as best you could with balance. And so, you know, the drug dealers are doing, you know, what they can to resist law enforcement to to defend their rights by using bullets. Tom, let me let me uh, let me flip this around here. Um, A lot of people out there. I mean, a lot of people have raised kids since the since the 60s and the 70s, and they have been told since 1971 1972 that drugs are bad and if you want to defeat drugs then you have to enforce them you have to enforce them out of existence 
How do you respond to that? What what is your argument to those people that have, have been raised? Any. No, I'm I'm telling you, you people have been raised with this. Go ahead. You don't have to buy any, and you don't have to let your children buy any. And if they're being pushed to do drugs at school, then that's another reason to provide school choice by eliminating public schools. That's good but answers. The point, a, a very important point to, to make is that uh, at the funeral. You know, inside the church where you've got the family and the clergy and maybe some altar boys and choir girls, a rather harmless lot there, right outside the building, typically there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of enemy officers standing at attention right out in the street, right out in the open. They're not wearing helmets. There's no innocent people interspersed among them. That's this Saturday at 11 a.m., right outside the Chilhowee Christian Church in Chilhowee, Virginia. Lots and lots of cops standing out in the street that aren't wearing helmets. <laughs> I don't even want to know what you're advocating here. Um, I didn't advocate anything. I'm just mentioning what happened. <laughs> you're I just pointing it out. I didn't advocate anything, now, did I? Well, Tom, I do appreciate your call. Um, that's interesting, though, and, and sadly, I mean, oh, oh. most people have, have just never— lived like we were talking about how we have kids that have never lived without Afghanistan, but we have a generation upon generation that's never lived without a war on drugs and an interesting statistic. I think it's interesting in 1972, the average rate of opioid addiction was about 1.7% across the population or uh, it might've been that, or it might've been in percentage of people that, well, it's because it's 72, you say? Yes. Well, that's a very heavily illegal then. They were. And call it 1970-71. If we fast forward to 2019, we see a rate of addiction across the entire population of about 1.7%. In other words, that number never changed. We have spent trillions of dollars in a war on drugs that doesn't work. It does not work, and and you can... You can make you can make the United States have the largest prison population in the world. You can create a whole new industry uh, called prisons for for pay, prisons for hire, and and you'll give lots of money to all sorts of contractors who come up with new and intrusive ways of. We're of, creating jobs, Chris. That's I mean, what it is. It is. It's a jobs program. It is. That's, it is a jobs program, and that's a basically it. Go to Florida. And you'll see, it's a jobs program. That's so I wonder is. which uh, which way these prison for hire companies tend to vote. You have certain Democrat, actually. Well, I'm sure the union shops do, but I'm yeah. sure for the hard on hard you know, on like uh, Florida Department of Corrections, right? Most of them are like uh, b- single black mothers. No joke. If you live in Ocala, that's where, a real irony there. Where the Marion County Prison is. I used to live like four miles from that prison. I worked at a, at a business that was right across the street from it. And I used to buy marijuana from a guy whose business was literally like right outside the fence. It's <laughs> <laughs> the last place they'd look. It was funny. That's, that was yeah. That was 20 years ago. Though. Keep in um, mind, we can't keep drugs out of prisons, but you want to keep them off the yeah, street. No, that's hilarious. Go ahead. How's that working out for you? Right. So, and what you see is you see these people that are going to work at the prison and the, the people that you're seeing working at the prison are the, 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 in the uniform, they're single African-American moms. I hear you. A lot of them. 
We're going to go. Of them. We're going to go back to the phones, and we've got Sarah from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, uh, to me, you know, uh, let's see the the sugary soda pop commercials mm-hmm. and that tobacco cigarette God, commercial. Thirsty. Now you're making me want a cigarette. Keep going. Well, to me, they're just about the same. You know, we be banned. A uh, cigarette commercial is illegal. Right. Uh, they banned it from the TV. And now uh, they're working on banning the sugary uh, soda pop commercials. You know, I'm... I'm Sir, I'm I never thought I'd say that, but I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to get back to you right after this call, okay? Um, okay. Hold on. This is Chris with Free Talk Live. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with Omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. We're taking your calls at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 or through Discord. You can find that at discord.lrn.fm. But a lot of our calls come in just on the regular old 855 number, and we've been talking to Sarah. Sarah, you're back on with Free Talk Live. Sarah? Yes, uh, you know, yes, uh, I, I feel that uh, soda pop, sugary drinks are, you know, uh, just as dangerous or bad. I mean, not as dangerous as tobacco, but it's very harmful to our children. Can I ask you a question? Has, oh, sure. So what? Seriously, so what? I mean, uh, so so what? Um I didn't raise my 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 son to drink lots of sugary drinks. I mean, we we sort of allotted them. You know, you could have one basically because it turned him into a basket case and he'd be bouncing off the walls. And that's no fun when you're a parent. So, uh, that's right. I I certainly didn't want my uh, five year old uh, running around the house with a pack of Marlboros. So we kind of did a no smoking thing too where we didn't allow him to smoke. So why do I need laws that prohibit uh, advertisers from trying to sell their products? Um, well, the thing is, it's a harmful product. It is known to cause diabetes. Sure. Um, so so children... have they said something about red meat, too? Well, Does I don't it... know. It depends on what kind of red meat. If you eat grass-fed uh, cows with no hormones, it's it's fine for you, you know? Okay, but so but even that, doesn't that have a lot of um, saturated fats and things like that in it? I guess my point is, Sarah, is there's all sorts of things out there that I can make a choice not to eat or not to drink or not to smoke or all these things. I don't need government to tell me I shouldn't do these. Do you think that well, I, I need government to tell me these things? Soda pop companies. Why are they pushing and shoving their garbage uh, drinks onto onto people? 
uh, and they're targeting ignoramus people. You could be a grown-up adult that are a parent that you, you, if they keep pushing the soda pop on you, you're going to uh, feed it to your kids. Do you consider, you don't know any better. Sarah, we talk a lot. Do you consider me an ignoramus? I'm not talking about you. No, no, you, I, you. I am because it's important to me how people perceive me. Do you perceive me to be an ignoramus? No, I mean you. You said you limited the soda pop to your children, but what about the what about the ignorant parents? Do you think I'm yeah, the only person out there that would actually think twice about these things, Vincent? You're obviously not a parent because I'm not even sure if you've hit puberty yet. Not a parent that I know of. <laughs> not that you know of. Um, but I would trust you to make those decisions. Will I? I've seen how you shop. I mean, you feed your kids well, and I don't mean a lot of food. They might get a treat every once in a while, but there's a whole bunch of vegetables. Yeah. A couple times I've I've oh, yeah. seen you shopping. Broccoli, cauliflower. And I'm lucky that my kids eat that stuff. You know, like I have a kid who loves lima beans. I have kids who love broccoli and cauliflower. I have kids who like black-eyed peas and the green beans and the carrots and the corn, you know. Right. So I can feed them that kind of stuff. It's called being a parent. <laughs> you know, my parents... They were parents, and right. they fed me like parents who cared about their kids. And then I had a, uh, a brother-in-law who, you know, his three kids got a, a family-sized bag of potato chips, and that right. was dinner. Yeah. You know, so, like, it, it's, it, it's not about what's on the TV. It's about who's doing the shopping. Right, and I think you're going to get more through education and helping people. Uh, help your neighbors out. I mean, teach help teach them about what nutrition means. That's a my, good thing. My kids but coming every- down with a law that says you have to do this and you cannot advertise that, that's insanity and it will never work. What it will do is it will cause uh, more people to do the things that they're being told they can't do. Uh, Sarah, go, thank you for the call. Every time we go grocery shopping, my kids ask for the peanut butter chocolate cereal. And every time we go grocery shopping, I tell them no. And we get something else <laughs> and it literally is every time that we go right it's a fight that i'm willing to have every time that we go you know they, they think they can wear you down it's oh not no happening. <laughs> no you're not going to do that but uh chris i'm glad you brought up the education part though because i was thinking you know before uh before the break there that if every you know instead of advocating for the state to do something to ban something to pay someone to if instead of doing that all those advocates instead would spend that at time and energy towards educating people. I think the world would be a lot better place. Oh, yeah, but that, that requires actual work. And and this is where you, you kind of get it's the armchair activist uh, or the keyboard warrior, whatever you want to call it. And in the liberty community, there's tons of them. You know, I will sit up there and I will keyboard till I'm till I'm blue in the hands. But the reality is, is until you have an actual conversation with somebody, until you try to sell them on what you believe is right, that's the ultimate free market. And it it doesn't need government and it doesn't need legislation. What it needs is some thought. And you have to do that. Uh, Robert uh, from Vermont. I think I know who this is. Um, Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. How are you, Robert? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, uh, uh, you know, we recently got over the, the government shutdown, you know, uh, a couple weeks back. And, you know, I don't really think that that was a, 
I don't think that that was a bad thing at all. I, I think we need to see another one of these government shutdowns. I, I, I miss it. That, a permanent one. A permanent one. There we go. Can we? How, how long do we uh, go? We went over a month. A month right. and 34 yeah. days, something like that. Let's try two months just to see what happens. Well, I mean, uh, well, you know, being a person that's in the working world part-time here, I noticed that even with the government shutdown, that it, it didn't look like it was affecting anyone's life. I, <laughs> I didn't see anybody out there running around with their heads cut off or anyone panicking. Everyone seemed to just kind of be just going on with life as if nothing else really happened. Well, that's because all the welfare still had funding. In in a little bit, if it had lasted a little bit longer, then the welfare would have run out, the food stamps would have run out, then you would have seen rioting in the streets. Yeah, and that was a scare tactic I saw. You know, people were saying, you know, just think about it. So well, no, no, I, I hope it happens. This is a Band-Aid you're going to have to remove. Oh, and it's the only way you're going to do it. You have to rip the Band-Aid off. I, I agree totally. Yeah. Um, but people were saying, you know, you know, it's not going to be long until... I can't remember how it worked out, but it was like there was a series of welfare check payments like within the first week, and then another one hit three weeks later, but it had already been funded. So this big fear of, you know, suddenly, you know, people were not going to have food was, again, BS. When when they talk about government shutdowns, first of all, they're talking about a percentage of a percentage of people that are, are going to not get a paycheck because they work for the government, and that they're, um, it's going to be some time before they get back on the regular pay, and most of them are going to get all their back pay. If you could manage your money, uh, like the government is always telling us we have to do, but they never do, then being interrupted for a paycheck or two should not be a uh, life-altering issue. What else you got, Robert? Oh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing another government shutdown, but I, I think we need to have it a little longer than that. You know, what we had last time, I'm saying, how about six months this time? I think, you know, that, I think it's a start. On, put the squeeze on a lot of these government agencies <laughs> that are out there that are, are useless, like, like, for instance, the, the DEA. What the hell do we need them for? You well, know, uh, DCYM. Uh, uh, you know, child protective services. Robert, you're struggling. You're you're struggling here, Robert. Here's the easiest way to do. When you want to talk about what government agencies you want to shut down, the easiest way is to start off with A. Then we cover cover all the agencies and all the groups that start with A, and then we once we name all those, then we move on to B, and so on and so on. And you might get your wish. Trump threatened to uh, shut the government down if he doesn't get wall funding later this month. (sighs) Well, we can only hope. We can only we can only hope, and I will just end this call with saying thank you, President Trump, for <laughs> shutting down the government, and please shut it down again this time longer. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Robert. Uh- We're live. This is Free Talk Live. We're live here tonight, like we're live every night. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Or hit us up on Discord. Discord, you can sound like you're right here in the studio with us. At You can find that at discord.lrn.fm. And, of course, you can also watch us on Twitch. We have studio cams. So you can watch the show in action. God, we don't have jazzy. No jazzy cam tonight. Usually Jazzy, the studio dog, is uh, appearing on Twitch, too. 
Um, but you can find that at twitch.lrn.fm. And we're taking your calls tonight. My name is Chris. My name is Vincent. And I'm Will. And we've been talking about lots of stuff tonight. Um, but the one story we've been trying to work our way through uh, has to do with the Senate uh, passing a bill that rebukes Trump and opposes Israel boycotts. And Vincent has been telling us about that. Do you want to recap a little bit about what's going on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yes, please. Well, go ahead. Recap. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were letting me be the recapper. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I like your recaps. Oh, well, thank you. Okay, so, the, uh, so it was, at first they got bipartisan support, bipartisan support, but uh, because... So, you know, it has like the accusation in there or the implication that the Republicans are trying to split the Democrats with this bill between the pro-Israel old guard of the Democrat Party and then the anti-Israel, quote, you know, it's a nuanced issue, new, you know, I guess, uh, young Turks, so to, sp- so to speak. And they, uh, and so Democrats also... So by, I guess, as response to that, Democrats then agreed with Trump, like uh, I, I believe Bernie Sanders was mentioned, right. that agreed with um, agreed with Trump to that uh, with uh, pulling out of Afghanistan and Syria. So, uh, you know, I mean, love him or hate him, Trump is uh, certainly shaking things up in Washington. He certainly has been shaking things up. Uh, love him or hate him, this, the country's almost... It's tilted against Trump. I was going to say love him or hate him. I think it's something well, like six, sixty percent opposed, even even forty percent support. Percent of media. CBS's poll after the State of the Union address showed like sixty-four favorability. Are we talking about the same Donald Trump for the speech? Oh, well, for the speech, for, yeah. yeah. And and he was like all rainbows and puppies. It's like uh, Ann Coulter <laughs> tweeted out, you know, tr- gee, it's so difficult. You know, Trump came out against cancer, child cancer, came out against the Holocaust, <laughs> real hard issues, Trump, <laughs> and real divisive stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Uh, but that's that's what we have now. What we have is a polarized. We have a polarized Washington. Uh, the the idea that we could have civil discourse between Republicans and Democrats that's that's a decade old thing. We have a president that represents the population of the country. I'm sorry, nobody really wants to admit the fact. Oh no, that no, no. I I think is, you're exactly right. He is totally a representation of the of the greater culture of this country. Uninformed, opinionated, rude, crass, wants to be famous so what changed what changed because it was um, not always like this um, americans became obsessed with wanting to be famous you think that's it something happened in the culture with reality tv where now we're narrowing it, narrowing it down okay where you know everybody got their their opportunity i mean remember um remember the i i boy like he got famous because they were mean to him because he was physically unattractive and he got to be famous for a while. He got to be on Conan and he got to be like an extra character on Conan for like three months. What I find most disturbing about this, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not disparaging your, your comment, but doesn't it just say how shallow we are as a species when like, up until like the 60s and the 70s where you had like your news shows, there were three of them, I think, and that's where people yeah. got their news. And there wasn't like a huge amount of spin in any direction. It just was kind of there. But then news became 24 hours a day. Yep. 
became entertainment. It became, it had to become entertainment because you had 24 hours of news. And let's face it, news is not the most exciting thing to watch. Uh, and well, the if idea web, if you're an erudite like <laughs> myself, you know, you're just obsessed with it. Of course. Um, but this was never really a thing. News came on at six o'clock. It came on at seven o'clock and it came on again at 10 or 11 or something like that. Um, but now we're confronted by it, uh, 24 hours a day. And, and how do you fill those hours? The only way to make it more interesting to get more viewers is to sensationalize the news. The problem is we as humans, we've fallen for this hook, line and sinker. And I really do think there is some, uh, some, some similarities, something happened that pushed us over the edge to where we quit talking civilly. Um, that's, that's a gone thing. I mean, when I was growing up, I remember my dad, who was a staunch Republican telling me he was going to vote for a Democrat. And I didn't think anything of it. He's like, well, I like that guy. Well, the shock jocks also had something to do with it. I think it's, it, you know, it's not, you, you can't just point and say, that's the thing that did it. No, you know? no, of course not. It's um, many things. I'm going to say Nixon was the beginning of it. The death of Kennedy, the end of Camelot, that whole thing was the beginning. And then from there... The society has just slowly been, stitched, you know, like the stitching has been plucked. <laughs> just that one loose thread. A little at a time, yeah. Pulling at. And they've used race. They've used gender. There's like four topics, and they just keep cycling them, if you haven't noticed. Sure. You know, like when Obama was in office, everything was about race. Now Hillary got beat. So everything is about gender everything's misogyny right. everything is how women are so oppressed in a society where the courts side with them 90 percent of the time yeah um, yeah but but then we don't get enough mileage out of that so we have to in, in that case actually come up with uh new, new genders ones. new uh, yeah yeah we have to come up with new genders so we can create victims out of then and that's yeah, that's victims. really what it comes down to who is the newest victim that we have to defend and during all this all this bread and circuses, um, which is all it is, you're being asked to lend your support to two one of two groups of people that pretty much say the same thing. A false dichotomy. Yeah, it is. You have centrist you have like moderately centrist right wing communists and ultra right wing communists. And that's <laughs> what you have here. I mean that's your choices. What do you think about that, America? Will just accused your politicians, probably some you really like, as either being moderate right-wing communists or extreme right-wing communists. Is there any real difference? And the, what does that make? Ocasio Cortez is the most moderate of the right-wing communists because they're all like to me. Oh dear God! Seriously, because <laughs> to me, conservative. Okay, conservative means you like old ideas, right? Okay, well, there's nothing more conservative than preaching 150-year-old failed ideas. And sure. that's what socialism is. It's a 150-year-old failed idea. Yeah. So she's not a progressive. Progressive is, I want new ideas. That's what right. progress is. Right. is progress is new. And what you're offering isn't progress. You're offering old, recycled ideas that we've already proven don't even work. Right, but progressivism, you know, with the 
dawn of the 20th century. I mean, they brought in new ideas. They wanted to take a scientific look at things. Here's one of the things that I I know that uh, Woodrow Wilson and Teddy Roosevelt were both big fans of, and that was eugenics. You know, how can we get rid of some of these undesirable people? How can my, we work to breed them out? Were those people. <laughs> my ancestors were those people. Teddy Roosevelt literally came in and stole. Had it not been for the fact that my my family got land in the Civil War, right? our farm that was there, that was left there, would have been forcibly taken from us. My family came from Cades Cove, which is now a national park. And Teddy Roosevelt had this brilliant idea. Right. He went in and he confiscated everyone's farms by force, tore them all down, and then had the government build replicas. Good thinking. It was great. So and what a great make-work program, too. Yeah. And that, that was Teddy Roosevelt progressivism, was yeah. to come into poor farming areas— Areas where you had dirt pork farmers who were on the verge of being sharecroppers and kicked them off their farms and turned them into sharecroppers. That was his wonderful grand plan for America was create more pro- more poverty. Right. And that's what progressivism has really been doing ever sure. since then. And uh, another one of those big ideas that the progressives were embracing was the miracle that is Russia. Mm-hmm. All the amazing things that are happening under communism. Uh, and they were saying these things while communism was inside becoming what communism does find uh does does happen to be and that is millions and millions of people dying 855 450 free we're going to be back and we're going to be back talking about a couple different things uh, but we want to hear from you 855 450 free this is free talk live Do you operate a retail business and are looking for a solution for point-of-sale cryptocurrency acceptance? It's never been easier thanks to AnyPay.Global. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. If you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. Just sign up at AnyPay.Global, drop your personal crypto wallet addresses in our setup page, and then load our app. That's it. You're accepting cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Dash at your store. Get started now at AnyPay.Global. That's AnyPay.Global. This is Free Talk Live in our third hour tonight, coming to you like we come to you every night, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. I'd say you can call in with our Discord line, which makes it sound like you're right here in the studio with us. You can find that at discord.lrn.fm, but we are having no love tonight with our Discord line, so we're going to be troubleshooting that and seeing if we can pick up some callers there. So far, no such luck. But you can also hear us uh, by going to freetalklive.com. You'll find a list of different internet providers that, that share our podcast, so it's not listening to us live. But a lot of people like the podcast format. Uh, you can listen to us on satellite, uh, KU Band Satellite in North and Central America, Galaxy 19, or in Sub-Saharan Africa. Yes, we cover Sub-Saharan Africa on SES5. Uh, but this is radio you control. You don't like what we're talking about? Change the subject. We're happy to talk about it with you. Tonight in studio, you have myself, Chris. Got Vincent. 
And Will. And we've been all over the board, which seems to be the standard phrase on this show. Yeah. We start off talking about one thing, and then we end up on something else. And that's why I enjoy doing this show. And I really like it when callers um, bring up something interesting. So what's on your mind? Give us a call. Again, 855-450-FREE. And young Vincent has has been sharing a story about, I guess, sort of a rebuke from the Senate on Donald Trump and their thoughts on where foreign policy should be headed. Well, not just their thoughts, their actions, or a bill to oppose boycotting divesting investment from now, or does over. it oppose or criminalize um, well I, I i think i should have used more um more appropriate language here yeah it allows state governments and municipalities to punish it to punish those who participate in it so it's anti-bds that's what it's called anti-bds legislation so i am now a criminal if probably within months in florida florida will quickly be passing l- local laws to criminalize BDS. I'm very certain of that. Yeah. Well, isn't it great the government's just, you know, creating activism for you to do? And let's yeah. let's let's recap what this means is they want to make it illegal for US citizens and businesses to boycott to boycott the state of Israel or to divest from companies that they may be invested in. So right. Like, so if you own stock in give me one. Sabra Hummus. Sabra Hummus, okay. Uh-huh. I everybody's seen Sabra Hummus. Yeah. Right? It's in it's in your grocery store. Every grocery store. Every yeah. grocery store has has Sabra hummus. Yeah. So if you own some stock, because if you're a guy like me and you see Sabra hummus in every grocery store, you might think, well, that seems like it might not be a bad company to invest in. Uh, but I can't do that. You can't sell those shares now. It, oh, it's Sabra for life. Yeah. I could I could not divest myself. <laughs> From this company, you, in, I, I in, have to. In some states, it will eventually be criminalized. In Texas, it's already. Um, if your house was blown down by the hurricane, you can't get any aid from the state that's available to fix your house if you won't sign an agreement that says that you will not boycott or divest. Right, and this was a story we discussed. Yeah, what a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it, it was a, a Muslim woman, I believe, who she was going for a job. Um, in this case, she was a teacher, I believe. Yeah, school yeah, district for school, special Yeah, events. her school district uh, had that as a clause. Now, Will happens to be a devout Muslim. Mm-hmm. I am not a devout Muslim. I'm not even really a devout Christian, but at least I was raised in the Christian church. Um, but should government be telling me um, that my religious views need to reflect the U.S. government's foreign policy. Well, it's even it's not really even a religious view. Uh, it is for ethical, some people. It could be for it's ethical an, reasons yeah, also. Israel's an, pretty a, much an apartheid. Yeah, it's it's an ethical issue. It's not really a religious issue. Well, it's, call it however you want. You know, most of the Palestinians that I know, they don't see it as a religious issue outside of justice. You know, our property was unjustly taken through the use of violence. Therefore, we have a right to our property being returned to us. Right. Um, And if we and now we've got multiple generations down the line, you know, that have felt this way. So, I mean, 
that that that's an ethical position. That's not a religious position. Uh, it is, but for a lot of people, they they're going to equate it. Language. A, a lot of first first it was the PLO, and they were nationalists, and they were socialists, and they were secularists, and people didn't like them. Then they were like, well, what we'll do is we'll fund Hamas because they're the PLO, but they're also religious lunatics, and that will. Offs, that'll that'll help keep the secularist socialists from winning, and it'll weaken them. And what happened was the secular socialists lost <laughs> altogether, so, right? So, because religious fundamentalism gave an excuse and it gave an excuse um, and a justification through some of these whacked out sheikhs right. for for the, for the stupid things that people were doing. Right. So they're like, oh, so it's not a secular. We're all gonna we're we're all gonna go to heaven if we do this stupid stuff now. You know, it's not like it was before under Arafat, where it's like you just die and nothing happens. No, 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 no secularism. We're gonna right. go with religious fundamentalism instead. And it was like even even the prime minister of Israel was like, we kind of created Frankenstein's monster and don't know how to put it back in the box. Well, they do. And and there are a lot of reasons that they do this. And, you know, we, we can speak of this in religious terms or we can we can speak of it in foreign policy terms. I prefer to think of it as a real bastardization of our system. Uh, this this is messing with markets. We can, you can call it whatever you want. But in the end. When we move into a uh, Middle Eastern country or we start to supply whoever's fighting them, we're trying to topple them. We're trying to topple them, usually well, with, in with a quest. Israel and Palestine were funding both sides. Well, they, they <laughs> love to fight. So you fund both sides, then you always have conflict. And that's when you get people like John Perkins, because I, I did want to mention this. Um, Will, I think you briefly alluded to the... Um, uh, yeah, Confessions of an Economic Hitman uh, by John Perkins. I, I highly recommend this book. But he just kind of lays it out there about how large companies can use large governments to push the needle in their direction. And these guys don't have short time frames. You know, I, I've got into uh, arguments with other hosts on this about Venezuela if you're not familiar with what's going on in Venezuela, Venezuela is a social it's it's socialist played by the handbook uh, and what you get is what comes out of socialism. And we've been involved in Venezuela since the 70s. Oh yeah. But what I'm saying is is that even as we see things transpire over the last 2 or 3 years, you're not going to convince me that we didn't have our own economic hitmen over there pushing the needle and sometimes pushing the needle to favor one side or the other maybe pushing socialism to destabilize yeah. a it's it's a it's an easy way to de- destabilize in an economy so uh it's been kind of crazy and as we discuss um picking sides between the israelis and the arabs um we are doing the same thing well again the israelis the, the israeli arab conflict is the health of the military industrial complex that's what it is it's you, life support for the military industrial complex you can always complex. fall back on it the entire world can be at peace and as long as we're going out of our way you as long as they keep gaza as a full-time siege state right it's modern siege warfare is what it is and as long as that continues 
then you're going to have a modern David and Goliath in reverse. Because in the old day, it was Bani Israel versus the Philistines. And today, it's the same thing, only Goliath is the one dropping hellfire missiles. And the David in this story is the 11-year-old Palestinian boy who's flying a kite with a piece of cotton tied to it set on fire. And that's his way of fighting back against hellfire missiles and F-35 jets. Right. And we know how that's going to go. Uh, but they're the scary ones. Right. Uh, free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. We invite your calls on these subjects, on other subjects. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And we're here to talk liberty. We're here to talk freedom. We're going to talk about what's going on in D.C. And occasionally we may have something good to say about D.C. It hasn't happened yet tonight. And it hasn't happened in recent memory. But I'm sure there are some things going on in D.C. that maybe pro-liberty i don't know we'll keep looking out but in the meantime uh you might want to check out anarchapulco ron paul judge napolitano doug casey larkin rose and more of the biggest names in the liberty movement will be at the largest gathering of free-thinking voluntarists libertarians and ancaps in acapulco mexico from february 14th to the 17th 2019 You'll love the lineup of speakers discussing entrepreneurship, investments, politics, philosophy, health, sustainability, lifestyles, and personal relationships for four days among the sun and beaches of a world-class resort. And, of course, Free Talk Live will be there again. Go to anarchapulco.com and use code FTL to register and receive a discount. That's anarchapulco.com, code FTL. So uh, I think we're going to hop right into the phones, and we have Johnson uh, from Chattanooga. Johnson, you wanted to talk about abortion. You're on Free Talk Live. I, I, I would like your guys' opinion on the nine-month killing of uh, the children. What do you guys Wait, think about abortion. that? Can you still hear me? Yeah. You're really faint. I'm gonna... He wants to know our opinion of late-term abortion. Yeah. Um, so, I'll, I'll take the first stab at this because it's always a tricky, it's a, it's a tri- tricky situation. Um, in libertarian thought, there's two schools of thoughts when it, it, it comes to abortion. Uh, either the child has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And if you abort a child, certainly doesn't have that. And the other one is is that the parent, particularly the mother, has her right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And some uh, libertarian scholars have even gone so far as to deem the fetus as um, sort of a freeloader, you know, uh, just along for the ride and eating off of um, the productivity of someone else, the mother. So, like, well, I, me personally. Well, yeah, you have two. You have the squatters. You have the squatters theory, and right. then you have the 
um, the the child the child's consent theories. You need both. And I'm I follow the child's consent because there are two individuals, and both of them have to give their consent for for something to happen. Right. Um, and then the other school is that only the consent of the mother is needed, right. and basically that the baby is like a trespasser. Right. That you can eject through it, you know, like even though she decide. Well, I mean, in most cases, yeah, she yeah. decided it, to we, put we're it. We're in not. There. We're not going to talk. We're, we're just going to ignore the the whole conception decisions that led to yeah, we'll a pregnancy. That. Right. But that becomes it's part a of hard the. Topic, right. Well, like. For me, as a Muslim, it, it gets even more because you have four separate Sunni schools of thought, and they disagree on on on, on the ruling. Um, all of them agree that after what they call the point of ensoulment, which is uh, basically the end of the first trimester, that at that point the child has the same rights as any other individual. If it dies, you have to give it a name and a proper burial. Even. Okay. Um, but before that, only the Maliki school believes that only in the case of uh, extreme threat to the mother's life is there allowed to be an abortion. The other schools of thought allow, to different to varying degrees, there to be an abortion up to the first trimester. And the uh, um, the analogy that's used is like crushing a date stone versus cutting down a tree. You know, right. like a fruitful tree. Yeah. Um, but that's a dis- but none of them support abortion after what they call the point of ensoulment. Right. Because at that point, it's no longer a developing thing. It's a human being with the same rights as anyone else that deserves a, a name, a proper burial. And if you kill the child, uh, then that child has rights and someone will need to be punished. A right. DIA will need to be paid. Something will need to be done. Johnson? So you're against the uh, nine-month abortion? I, I don't know how this ever became a thing, honestly. Um, the ideal idea of like third trimester abortions, this, this sort of rules out the whole, you know, uh, it's did, just a glob of cells, right? Have, yeah, yeah. And I, I say that. I say that as a. Is, is that not? Is that not murder? I mean, honestly, I'm. Just, honestly, I'm honestly Johnson. I'm a dad, and my mom, uh, excuse me, my ex-wife had a ton of problems with our son's pregnancy. It was, and the, the what I'm getting to here is, we were in there for sonograms. First trimester, second trimester, third trimester. I watched that kid grow up, and it wasn't when I when I saw, you know, movement and I saw a heartbeat. That kind of freaked me out, and that sort of put me on one side of of the abortion issue. And I, I can't I can't look at a pregnant mom without seeing a living baby inside her. That's that's way way it is, and. When you talk about taking of, of a life, uh, whether it's inside the womb or outside of the womb, it's still taking a life. So that's me, and I understand this is a divisive issue. Um, I get it. What's your position? It, wouldn't that be like the NASA, not aggression principle? Would be pro-life, I would assume. Because well, yeah, there's two. That, that's the, not life. That's what he was saying. Is is there are two different arguments that fit in the non-aggression principle? Uh, people I, I, that follow the non-aggression principle. Please, 
Yeah, basically different people can explain it following either path. And that doesn't mean they're right. You know, it doesn't, uh, unless you subscribe to the idea that it's a mother's right to always choose. Maybe if Derek J. is listening, he could call in and explain landlord's theory. I think that's what it's called, the landlord's theory. And basically what it is is that that a, a child is treated as an unwanted tenant in a rental property, basically, that the woman's womb is a rental property that she right. can choose who can be in it wow. and who cannot. Yeah, I mean, and, that's and, one of the viewpoints, not my viewpoint. I don't think it's anyone in this room's <laughs> viewpoint, and actually. People wonder why. It was like, why aren't for more libertarians? And it's like, because some of us have really dumb ideas, yes. <laughs> right, but but some of uh, but the issue is, is these I'm are thoughts. sorry th- I laughed at that. That was just amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I laughed the first time I heard it too. <laughs> yeah, and I still do. Uh, it, it's I'm just nauseated. it's com- I mean, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, not not like I'm not you know not to criticize whoever believes it, but I mean, for me, it's nauseating that people could like commoditize like it's you know a human life. Right. The Arabs say we laugh at the worst things. I mean, if you you ever laugh or you cry, right? You know, you'd yeah. rather laugh. Hey, uh, Johnson, thanks a lot for the call. Eight fifty five four fifty free. Uh, give us a call. What's what's your position on the third term? Is that what they're calling it? Late, third term, yeah, late term, late term abortions. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. This is Free Talk Live. LRN.FM now has a Discord. Discord is a free text and voice chat platform, and we now have our own server with a bunch of channels at Discord.LRN.FM. You can join other listeners as they chat about various things during our live shows or anytime, day or night. Discord software is available cross-platform, so you can have it on whatever device you want and take your chats anywhere. Join our Discord at discord.lrn.fm. That's discord.lrn.fm. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Bringing the ideas of freedom to you and to every listener out there. 855-450-3733. You can reach us and you can let us know what's on your mind. And what's on my mind right now is Freedom's Phoenix. Freedom's Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. Do you want the newest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty? Freedom's Phoenix has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Freedom's with an S, Phoenix.com. That's Freedom'sPhoenix.com. So uh, we've been all over the boards, but we're also trying to take your calls because we've had kind of loaded up phone calls, uh, phone lines all night long. Uh, David from New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you know, first of all, Sarah may not be Sarah. Okay. Why do you say that? Might be, might, might be an alias, because I was talking to one of our legislators, and uh, we were talking about uh, that uh, how I was arrested by NPR. But uh, I was talking about single-topic callers and uh, mentioned Sarah and red-light cameras. And this legislator said, oh, I got somebody who calls me about red-light cameras all the time. And she, But she said, but, but her name's not Sarah. 
<laughs> and there, there can only be one person that would call uh, regularly about red light cameras to Is a legislator. Sarah O.C.? How do, how do I say uh, that? Sarah O.C.? I'm trying to... Sarah O.C.? I'm just trying to put AOC together with Sarah and trying oh, to create oh, oh. a new uh, conspiracy theory ah. that that our Sarah, oh, who calls about traffic cameras, is really AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No? Yeah. Nobody's buying it. Yeah, I don't know. All right, David, what'd you call for? I think AOC is smarter oh, than Sarah. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Go ahead, That's David. That's a pretty low bar. <laughs> <All right. laughs> They would make good. They would make entertaining Siamese twins. Well, and she works for her money too. It might be you know through stolen taxpayer dollars, but at least she works and doesn't just sit around all day. Maybe it'd be better for the country and Congress if she just sat around. If anybody like thinks it's easy to fill out all those forms for free government aid, it is a lot of work. And Sarah calls us, I think, uh, at least once a year, sometimes twice a year, talking about how long she had to wait in lines and fill out many forms and these things are not easy for, <laughs> for to uh money. to get free money exactly i was calling to continue i, I started uh, uh uh discussing with you chris when you the, i think it was the first day that you were in the chair number one there <clears throat> and uh i made the mistake of phrasing my point in a manner that uh that uh, i can you, you jumped on it and and uh, uh, and I went. The conversation went a direction I didn't mean it to, so I wanted to continue that. And I was I I kind of tied into you today. Earlier you were talking about Uyghurs, and and this kind of ties in. You know, uh, nobody really thinks it's a bad thing when when two groups of people combine their peoples to make an, an even an even larger country than their two separate countries. Generally speaking, people think of that as not a bad thing. They don't really think much negative about it. Right. Generally speaking. Um, but if if when one group of people within a larger nation want to leave because they're a homogenous group of people, then it, there's all kinds of problem with that. Everybody has a problem with that, you know, like in the case of uh, Uyghurs. Um, and uh, now let me kind of sidestep again. What we what I had tried to to call up about was I had made the mistake of saying uh, to get back to where we were. I said something like. Um, that the states exist at the leisure of the federal government, yes. and which is, which is, um, and as I will uh, show, is true at this point, um, at the point in time that we are now. It's not, but what you keyed on was the inception at the beginning, right? And you're correct that that it was the other way around. However, it has over time, um, and and even at its inception, I guess it was partially true in that when the states agreed to be bound together by the documents uh, that they created. In a compact of states, yes. Yeah, they agreed to abide by certain minimum rights to the various parties, you know, certain minimum rights, you know, especially to uh, regarding the people. And what we have... Well, to to be clear, I think they did that. They they agreed (laughs) that there were going to be certain limitations on the state, um, on the states, very few. And if you read the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, it's very clear that they weren't interested in creating every possible law at the federal level. Um, where the right. real teeth of that document show up is how much it limits government and how much it limits a central government. The problem is 
is they quickly figured out that oh, I don't think we really want to follow this, guys. And that's where you have the Federalists rise up and, and really push us away from the idea of a uh, constitutional republic. Got it. And here's thinking, thinking, uh, coming from the standpoint of an individual, here's where there is, is one of the many problems is that in generally speaking, we, uh, we, without defining we, we, we think of the states as more noble and sensitive to the needs of the individual person than the federal government. However, you know, like especially in it's it's probably I think it's true in other states as well, but it is especially true in the state of New Mexico because of the history of the state of New Mexico having been founded by a, a homogenous people that came from Spain to Mexico and then up the Rio Grande River and and were settled this state of New Mexico basically for hundreds of years before anybody else arrived, and so they they kind of uh, got set in their ways in in a you know a patron system uh so to speak and then we outsiders came in and tried to live here too and the natives meaning not the indians they'd already been been pushed aside by the spaniards but the natives being the spaniards don't really like you know um, uh, me being a whitey coming in here and and uh and demanding my rights too and so in new mexico there's a situation where the state is actually less sensitive to the rights of the individual than the federal government. And that's where I was going with that yeah. in, in invoking in invoking the protections of the federal government, uh, you know, saying to the state of New Mexico that you exist at the pleasure of the United States, because it, meaning that you're not following those minimum uh, rules, regulations, laws that the that that were ordained right. to, to protect the individual. You, you the state of New Mexico are violating those as sure. as evidence, you know, by New Mexico is one of the states that has the federal government, the Department of Justice, right. it, it has taken over the Albuquerque Police Department, for example. Yeah, David, and, uh, uh, that, that was, I, yeah. I appreciate the call. And and absolutely, I, I don't disagree with you. I think one of the key points there is when New Mexico was added to the union, you know, it was one of the last states, the 47 state, about 1910, 1912, somewhere in there. So after the Civil War, you have all these requirements that states include things in their constitution that swears their fealty to the idea of a central government. And conversely, if you look at some place like New Hampshire, which was one of the original 13, we have an article of revolution, Article 10 in the New Hampshire uh, Constitution that says if government becomes too big, uh, you have a obligation, a moral obligation, to throw it off. And Good luck with I, that. Well, yeah, at the same time, we have an RSA that bans militias. That, yeah, just sure. saying that gets you put on an FBI watch list. Though, you know, <laughs> just like that. I, I don't. I wonder if they keep just one watch list, or if they have like fifty million different ones. Because I think I'm on forty nine million of those, probably for various things I've said. Um, we'll be back. We've got one more segment, and we're going to go back to the phones here in just a moment. And maybe we'll have, nah, we're not going to have, who am I kidding? We've been trying to get through stories, but we've had so many great callers tonight that it makes it tough. That's okay. Don't let that dissuade you. We love to hear what's on your mind. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE.
This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. I would say you could reach us on Discord, but we're having problems with Discord, dang it. And I like taking Discord calls because our Discord chat rooms at discord.lrn.fm are always hopping, and uh, we get some great calls out of there. And douchebags. Good, yeah, I, the chat room we do. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't even some say, I, I some people said, will. I barely said anything last segment, and then I look and there's like people like, like, ah, you know, Vince, uh, I can't repeat it on the radio, and it's like, what is it? My accent? Is it my hair? Are you jealous? No, 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 no. I think they're jealous. The, they hate me because they our, hate me. Our favorite, our favorite is whenever Ari is on the show, they just state the obvious over and over again. They're like, wow, your hair is really red. Did you know you're really a boy? <laughs> and they just like, is that a? Tra- uh, did you know there's a trans person on your show? And they just you over just and over never and, knew. Yeah, yeah, you never just, noticed. Just over and over and over again, they st- they just state the obvious. Like, I would oh think my that God, would be that's some... a guy dressed as a girl. And it's like, wait. <laughs> I mean, if they were creative, I would appreciate it if they were more creative with me. Then, you know. Aria just... is more creative with anti transgender jokes than they are. Oh, I bet. Aria. <laughs> But we do have one more caller on the line. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Of course, thank you. And I want to compliment you on uh, taking over as captain of the ship here. And All right. And thank you for job. your call. No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Ian might do that, but uh, you wouldn't. Um, I... Uh, wanted to talk about abortion. And one of the first things I want to say, if I ever, you know, come across a woman who's interested in having an abortion is I, I want to ask the woman, you know, does that life have any value? Right. Period. A- any value at you know all. I mean? Just start from there and, and, and you can work on that. But, but I think that one of the really biggest you know, root problems of of the abortion problem is that uh, the puritanical nature of people who want to uh, vilify you because you find yourself pregnant when you don't want to be. So you think it's pure? So I, I guess I've I've thought this through a couple different ways. Um, there is this. Sex bad, a woman have sex, she must be a tramp and a harlot and, you know, just right, resolve right. it. But then there's the other aspect of it is, no, this is this is liberating. This is giving women control over their bodies. And that was something women never had. Either way, you know, I disagree with it. There are all kinds of things that happen to your body that that you lose control of them. You know, it might be just a bad bout of diarrhea. You gotta, you gotta bear with it. And and I think that that the reason that people don't bear with it is because, uh, uh, you know, that not because it's intolerable. I mean, there, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, some people have worse pregnancies, and some people sure. are better. Now, I, you know, I, you know, didn't have to suffer through it myself, but I did. I uh, have two children, uh, you know, with my my uh, first and only wife. Right. And, and if you're uh, along you for know, the ride, then you're going through it to a lesser degree, but you're still going through it. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And we, and we decided to have home births, actually, which, you know, I was so pleased we were able to do. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm just saying that that uh, that those few months out of somebody's life, the, you know, the second and third trimester, I, you know, and I think that another thing is that the, that technology ought to be able to develop a a viable uh, fetal transplant. Well, you know, yeah, tech to technology is an know, interesting thing, and and that's one of those things that, depending on which side you're on, uh, it moves the goalposts. Yeah. You know, because children, you know, infants, fetuses can are are becoming viable earlier and earlier and earlier, and you know, it, it's not going to be long before. You know, something that started out as not being a test tube baby could certainly become and, a test and, tube baby. You know, I, I don't know this stat, but uh, it occurs to me that there are uh, numerous uh, families out there that, that just can't make babies themselves and, you know, uh, have have would be happy to uh, become an adoptive parent. And, uh, you know, I just... Let's uh, let's let's go with that. And and and, uh, you know, because I think we're not as far away from, you know, losing uh, the uh, the advantage uh, uh, human life has had of, uh, you know, always uh, having more and more people. Because I think I don't you know, you know what I, I, I think that. The the trends are, you know, towards uh, you know, uh, you know the what's uh, what's the religious group that doesn't have kids uh, that all that just basically recently died off. Uh, <laughs> that would yeah. be the inevitable uh, the inevitability of that religious. Uh, hey, bad slave. Thanks for the call. Um, it's a good question, though. You know, I mean, <laughs> as life becomes more viable, I just I just cannot think that we're at a point where we've, we've done everything we have done in our history so far. We know that this is the result of having people um, out of the blue. Somebody has a great idea and it advances our civilization and everybody benefits. To me, it's just, would you really want to roll the dice that that, that baby that you're aborting uh, is is a new Einstein is has got some way he's got the cure for cancer wrapped up in those little tiny legs. I mean, are you willing to take that bet? I'm not willing to take that bet. And I think that they do have every living being has some level of liberty that they are entitled to. There's a popular story that's been going around for the last couple of weeks. Basically, what it states is that the American public is not breeding at a high enough rate to sustain itself mm-hmm. um, from 2012 to 2014 there were 285,000 abortions done in the state of New York in that same time period there were 230,000 children that preg- were pregnancies that were taken to full term right so abortions I th- out, I think, outpaced I, I think I found the the leak <laughs> like I, I think I figured out why we're not making enough 
um, people to sustain the culture. Uh, when very these are the same type, or you know, these are the same types in my experience who also complain about like environmental issues and overpopulation and everything. Yeah. And that was the biggest bunk. I, I loved through that stuff in the eighties. You know, the late great planet Earth and all these scare tactics about how you know we were going to. We were going to okay. run out of food. We're not going to be able to feed people. We're going to have mass starvation. We're going to have ended like five times already. Oh. We just missed it. Is is that what happened? Yeah, like global warming roasted us all, and we were just recreated. And, this is and, after yeah. global cooling froze us, us all. all. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, well, I will say that. I mean, I think in you know resource consumption and uh, overpopulation, and you know how interacting with nature is an important issue and uh, although like one way to control it isn't through you know encouraging abortion or subsidizing birth control it's to uh quit you know end the um this you know the federal reserve system because by creating imaginary money it creates resources and uh it's it's a difficult no i know i understand where you're going if if you allow markets to operate freely with honest money, which means you're not manipulating it and you're not creating artificial things like inflation that we all suffer through, um, then you're going to get more advancement because that puts more resources into the hands of people. And, oh, yeah. you know, you go back into the 70s on forward through all these you know, doomsday scenarios of, of everything that was going to happen because our, our world is only big enough and there's no way. Peak oil came along. Then guess what happened? Fracking. Uh, you know, all these things that they always tell us we're about to run out of this. We keep finding out more ways to do things. Mm-hmm. We haven't even hit the asteroid belt yet. You believe that? No, I don't think we're going to make it that far. <laughs> you don't think so? No. You think uh, the end will be nigh? Well, yeah, I, th- I think uh, from from everything I've been seeing, I think Revelation, you know, I guess to tie this all back to Israel in some creepy, <laughs> weird way, I, I, I do think re- what's, you know, Revelation is going to, uh, you know, I, I do believe that. I mean, and I, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be space travel or Star Trek stuff. Do you think people have been thinking that for the last millennium? Well, 2,000 years is just a blink, you know, according to uh, some people who believe in certain dating strategies, uh, 2,000 years is just a blink of an eye. I hear you. Well, that's all we've got for you tonight on Free Talk Live. This has been Chris. Vincent. And Will. And we hope to see you next time. 855-450-FREE if you want to call in and be part of the fun. Free Talk Live. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist, libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com.